Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 210 of the Audible Farm podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. I get it. And uh, I grind it up fresh every morning, and I and I put it in my French press, and I have fresh coffee every single morning. The coffee, when I order it, it's roasted when I order it, and it's shipped to my house, and you can have something that awesome, too. All you have to do is go to CouchTownCoffee.com. They have a selection of coffees that are available. You find one you like, you make an order, and they'll ship it directly to your house. And what's even cooler is if you let them know Audible Farm sent you, they will give you... 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode is also brought to you by all of the patrons on Patreon. They are donating $1 or more each month to watch the video versions of the podcast, and you can too. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash audiblefarm, and you can donate $1 a month or more and you can become a patron of the audible farm channel by and you can there you can watch the bonus content the bonus content is the video versions of the podcast i do little clips of them every week on the youtube channel but if you want to watch the full version they're over on the patreon and it's one dollar a month so i gotta say thanks to eric and Vinny and ronley and andy and abby and matt and harold and Justin and the McAllister Hours uh, over there doing another podcast, and they are also a patron on our channel. So that's awesome. Thank you very much to the McAllister Hours and all of the other patrons. Uh, $1 a month over on the Patreon channel, patreon.com slash audiblefarm. This week, I'm sitting down with Brad Hansen. And what's cool about this one is I did an episode with Brad Hansen almost two years ago and uh about two years ago we did an episode and then i was editing it down and it just it just wasn't working out very well the audio wasn't the best so we did a second episode and i've only ever done re-records with people i think that might have been that might have been one of the first ones i ever did that with and it was unfortunate it had to happen but it did and uh we we recorded over the internet and it just didn't quite work out but we re-recorded the episode it came out it was i think at the end of the year in 2020 might have been the last one in 2020 yes it was but uh he's from the area he's from iowa north central iowa and he's moved out to california but he's still making music and he came back recently and when he came back he said hey uh, when I came back, there's only a few things on my list of things I kind of wanted to do, and one of them was to be on the podcast again. So I said, hey, man, swing on by. We'll get you on the podcast. So we got to meet face-to-face, -face and uh, we, we talk about that. We talk about kind of running into each other at a, a local show the night before or a couple nights before. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's a fun, small world out there, and I had a fun time sitting down talking with Brad. He's got new music coming out. We talk about the concept of, you know, an artist not being pleased with their art and, uh, you know, just sitting down and getting rid of it and starting all over from scratch, which is something he did. And we talk about that in depth in here. It's pretty mind-blowing. It's fun. It's uh, it's a good one. So I'll tell you what, this, this is just a good one. We sit down and we talk about all sorts of stuff. It's it's kind of him and I uh, do, doing our first sit down face to face, kind of just getting to know one of each, you know one another and uh, talking about his music and his musical process, his journey uh, since the last time we talked. And I think we fill in a few more holes, uh, you know, about his musical journey from his past up until now. So it's this is a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. This is episode number two hundred ten with Brad Hansen. 
he uh, goes online by Bradley Allen. That's how he releases his music. So uh, there's links down below. But yes, episode number 210 with Brad Hansen. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down talking with Brad Hansen. Brad, you've been on the podcast once before, um, technically kind of twice before. Which, I count twice. Yeah, like well, you were on once, and uh, I don't remember what happened. Audio didn't work. Something. I think it was my Wi-Fi signal. Oh I yeah, the internet trouble. That's right. That's right. It was it was too choppy, and then we ended up re-recording it and tried to cover all the stuff, and. Uh, I don't, and that was one of those things where I don't remember if we covered everything we covered the first time, the second time through. So if I re-ask a question, I apologize. But uh, yes, so that's kind of like where we're at. The last time we were over Skype, we were thousands of miles away from one another. Thousands, yeah. Now we're in the same room. Finally. Pretty wild. <laughs> Pretty wild. Uh, it's one of those things. Where did I run into you? Uh, Shiny Top? Four Shiny Dodge? Top, yeah. Clint, Clint yep. Riedel was playing up there, and I was like, you know what? I'm super tired, but I'm going to go up. I know at least 10 people are going to be out there that. that yeah. So. And that was, that was a wild one. Cause, uh, I came, uh, I had recorded a podcast that night and I did something else. And, and then I was like, it was like eight o'clock and I was like, uh, I'll go watch the last half hour of Clint play just whatever. So I went there and there, like you said, there was a bunch of people there, you know, yeah. um, you know, Jeremy Ober and Vino and, and all, all the, the four Dodge area gang was there pretty much, uh, to watch Clint play. And I saw you there and it was funny. Cause it's like, I know this guy, you know, and it's, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, it's one of those things when you see famous people on TV, if they walk past you, like, I, I don't know, I wouldn't be able to recognize <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know why I'm, I'm just like blind to that. So like, it's weird to say that I've, uh, we never actually met before, but I knew who right. you were just yeah. from seeing, you. Uh, um there at the show so it's kind of cool that uh you know recognized you and stuff and we sat outside and talked for a while so it's kind of cool to to finally actually get to meet you you know um, yeah coming back to this area to to visit i'm, I'm assuming just friends family that kind of thing and yeah normally when i come back it's like with with my wife and and now my daughter um but this time i was you know coming back to pick up a dining table my wife and i just oh, recently okay. bought a home out yep. in california and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do as many things as I possibly can while I'm here, and a couple of buddies of mine from high school I hadn't seen in like 13 years decided like, oh, Saturday we'll we'll get together in Des Moines. But I was like, I'm gonna take off like a week and a half, and and whoever's playing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the show. I don't care how tired I am, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. So I and normally I I plan everything out and I let everyone know like, hey, I'm I'm gonna be at this place. You know, if if you guys are playing here, I'm gonna be over here. But I saw on Facebook that Clint was up at Shiny Top and I was like, oh, I've never been to Shiny Top before, but I'm just gonna go. Nice. And I walked in and it was like cheers. Yeah. Like, like everyone stood up. Clint stopped singing in the middle of a song and was like, Brad Hansen. <laughs> like, oh shit. That's awesome. That's so much fun. Uh, drag that mic up just a little closer to your face, oh, just yeah. in case. I mean, I can hear you, but just in case. I don't want yeah. someone to be like, hey, come on, man. Um, but, yeah, totally cool to have, you know, you, you swing back through town, you go, you show up to a place, and everyone, you, I mean, it's, you know, it's just old times, you know? Yeah, and, for uh, sure. The old gang is there, some new faces, but it's uh, you still kind of know everyone kind of deal, you know? And Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's there's it's nice that the Fort Dodge area, like we're talking about, uh, you know, shiny top and Fort Dodge, but like it's nice that like the Fort Dodge area has you know places like that you can go, you know, like you know shiny tops and your sneakers, and you know almost every night of the week there's a certain different place you can kind of go and just kind of hang out with your friends, uh, food, drink, you know, the whole nine yards. Those kind of yeah. establishments exist, and uh, are there a lot of those out in California? I mean, there are. Um, where I'm at, it's not really, it, it's definitely more of a residential area. So I've got to drive a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe like a 10, 15, 20 minute drive, but so like, so like six blocks in California yeah, language. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a super social person, especially out there. Cause I don't know that many people still. Um, so I don't, I don't really get out other than, you know, maybe going to work four or five days a week and then I'm pretty much at home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I said, I was I wanted to do things that were like uncomfortable for me, like anxiety wise, and just fully embrace it and go, it's gonna be fine. So I didn't tell anyone I was going up to see Clint. I just showed up and, and <laughs> took a gamble. That's fun. Yeah. I I love that stuff. And I mean, then honestly, that's what I did too. I'm good at the. Uh, I mean, the old, like, was it the Irish goodbye or the French goodbye or whatever the term for all that, you know, nonsense is. I'm not trying to pick on anyone, but, uh, it's 2022. Don't pick on anyone. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I'm good at the Irish goodbye. I'm just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm done here. And then I just walk out, you know, I'm, I'm good at doing that with the hello too. I just show up to places and I don't tell anyone I'm coming. I just, it it kind of, I feel like that's one of those fun things. that's like autonomous though. You kind of, you can show up and leave when you want to and do whatever you want. Cause you know. Yeah, I, I hate drawing attention when you go to leave because then it's like, well, now everyone's got to get up and shake hands and give each other hugs and say goodbye. And it's like, you it kind of ruins the flow of the party if you're leaving before everyone else. So I'll, maybe we'll say goodbye to like one person mm-hmm. and then just dip. Yeah, it's it's it could be like a key and peel sketch of like the Midwestern goodbye. Like one person says goodbye and the whole, like you said, the whole place, like record stops, like... Everybody's like gotta say goodbye to you. And yeah, it usually starts with like a like a hand slap on the knees yeah. and they stand up real slow and well, well it's yeah. about that time. <laughs> it's so hilarious. It's like <laughs> it's totally a thing. It's very oh. king of the hill. Uh yeah. Oh man. I mean I'm sure that's everywhere, but still yeah. it's uh it's pretty hilarious. So for those that like uh might not have listened to the last podcast, like just kind of broad stroking things, you're from the area. You're from uh the Fort Dodge ish area i think manson somewhere over there yeah i grew up in manson and then uh moved away you know you played music over here had influences uh a lot of the peers that i have or peers that you had so we we know a lot of the same people but you moved away and you're still making music and you still come back to visit have you ever thought about coming back and playing some shows yeah so i'm i'm working on a full length uh that i'm hoping to have done by december ish okay and then trying to get it all together and a few more cover songs maybe and, and come out and do a tour in the spring. Ooh. Um, I was talking to Jeremy Ober and, and asked him about places to play. Cause I mean, he's played <laughs> everywhere, anywhere. Yeah. I mean, anywhere in Iowa you stand, you throw a quarter and he's played there. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, small towns, big towns, big, small towns, small, big towns, yeah. ho- hole in the wall dives, places with stages, places you're in the corner. Yeah, he's tried. He's tried a little bit of every one of them. You know, he, you know, bless him. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that was one of the things we talked about was like, 
he was telling me like, oh, I'll, I'll let you know which places that you'll fit in, which is super important for me because, you know, there's some places I, I definitely don't fit in. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing though. I have, oof, that's such a rough thing. And I appreciate the sentiment of Jeremy thinking about that kind of stuff because that's something I don't feel like a lot of people fit in. It's just, or don't think about it as like whether or not something fits in. Cause it's like this venue rocks. I want to play it here. And it's like, yeah, but does it fit there? You know, is that yeah. what the venue's looking for? Is that what the patrons of the venue are looking for, et cetera? Right. And that's such a tough uh, topic to bridge with anyone you know like yeah. whether you not you're doing it on a business aspect with somebody who like owns a business or whether or not you're doing it as a friend trying to recommend places to play you know it's it's tough because yeah. we don't all play the same types of music yeah a hundred percent yeah i mean that's but, kind, that's kind of rough but it is what it is the the fun thing is though i'm sure you could pick you a place like in all of the major ish kind of cities you know that are you know around the area that he's kind of played in you know like pretty much the north central iowa corridor anything in there like he could pick all the big cities in there and be like these are the places to play oh for sure yeah for sure i mean that's pretty cool do you play a lot of shows in california then or is it uh mostly just studio working and so far it's mostly just been studio working um i right when i recorded the last album you know the pandemic hit and i was like well i i had just bought in a vehicle so that i could tour in it and and go across the country but then everything just sort of slowed down, and then uh, my wife and I ended up getting married. Uh, we had a kid. We decided to sell our condo. Uh, it took us about a year to find a house, and then another, like, maybe month or so to, like, remodel the place because it needed a lot of work. And uh, so I just didn't really have time to sit down and go, oh, I'm going to, you know, pick up my guitar for a few hours and, and work on writing. It's just like... The minute I wake up, it's like time to take care of the kid. Okay, now I gotta go to work and I come back, take care of the kid. Yep. You know? then, yep. Then you're exhausted and you're like, Oh man, I know it's eight o'clock, but I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean that was like a topic I bridged in my most recent episode was just like I can't believe there's people out there with like families with kids, you know, or like young ones, old ones, teenagers, I don't care. Like it's that's a lot of work, man. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah uh how do you find time for anything I don't, uh, music i don't care like anything it just seems like that would suck up all the time yeah pretty, um, pretty much no time left over and i'm sure like it gets easier and more difficult at certain points times i mean like oh, I'm, sure yeah you know, once they can you know feed and dress themselves and all that other stuff then it's a little bit easier you know but then it's not too long before they have like all their sports and all their everything else and etc cetera, etc cetera, and down the line you go so yeah but how do you find time to play music then? Do you just squeeze it in after she goes to bed? She? She? Her daughter? Yeah. 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 Um, I thought um, so. Usually, yeah. It's usually either after she goes to bed or um, if I've got a day off, it's usually like in the middle of the week. And um, my wife, her office space is like at her parents' house, mm -hmm. which is only like a 10-minute walk away. Okay. So she'll take my daughter with her and my mother-in-law will take care of her oh nice so that i can have like an allotted like at least you know four to six hours of like okay i'm gonna sit down and write and work on some stuff and and try some new material and and figure some things out but yeah she's super supportive of of making sure that i have time to work on new stuff it sounds like it and like i guess like the thing for me 
I say it just sitting here, and this might be just me playing devil's advocate or me knowing myself too well. I, I feel like I would stick to the regiment, but how do you stick to that when you're like, I've got four hours in this time span to like work on music? How do you not just... I'm, I'm not saying you're going to do it or whatever. But like, I would find it hard to just be like, I'm going to turn on some Seinfeld and just eat some Cheetos <laughs> for like two hours out of this. Like, it would be tough for me to be like, I, I'm just going to relax, you know? I, there are some days it's, it's tough to mm-hmm. sit down and go, okay, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. I'm going to sit down and, and pick up my guitar because, you know, I've got the wall of video games there in the same room. And yeah. It's like, it's so, so tempting tough. to just, you know, turn the TV on and go, all right. Yeah. No interruptions. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But uh, I don't know. I It's just one of those things where, like, I have so little free time to sit down and write that when I do have free time, I'm, I'm excited about it. And it doesn't feel like I'm, like, you know, grabbing the, uh, you know, card and clocking into work or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's still fun. Ah, yeah. uh, you know, I guess that could be it. You don't ever get burned out by just using all your free time on it regardless anyways. So like, like for me, I'm just, I have disposable free time. I have to like fill it up with things like, you know, like podcasting and bands and things like that. Right. But like, if all I did was join like 70 bands and that's all I was doing, it wouldn't be as fun anymore because that's all I'm doing. But if all I had was like small windows to do it, I'd probably be elated to play the guitar, you know, yeah. during those time spans. I mean, there was a, a period of time, you know, when I was younger where it was like, I woke up and I played guitar. I went to school and I thought about playing guitar. And then I got home and I played guitar and I barely slept. I would play like until my fingers would bleed and I'd fill it in with super glue, mm-hmm. wait a couple of seconds and then and then just keep playing. But I, I got bored with it for a while. And there's a stretch of like maybe four years where I didn't really pick up the guitar or have any intention of writing. <clears throat> Oddly enough, it was like the first time I moved to California. Mm-hmm. So I was like in a, a one bedroom apartment on the seventh story. And it was like, well, you know, I'm working to basically live out here. Uh, but I, I definitely think breaks are important to keep things inciting and, and not like uh, work yourself into a hole. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's almost, you know, it's, it's almost like you're working yourself into being burned out. Is yeah, what, you know, exactly. And then, exactly. And, and it's more fun to take uh, one of those breaks, I guess, and probably even more productive to take one of those breaks by choice than it is uh, via just like being so burned out. You just, you're done, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> imagine how rejuvenating it would feel if you're like, I'm going to take a week off. That's cool. Uh, as opposed to just be like, I can't play another note of the guitar. I just going to like nap for a week, you know, like, yeah, it's a lot, probably a lot more you know, soothing for the soul to take the break if you're going to choose to take the break as yeah. opposed to, you know, too much of it. But I mean, that's, that's something that's been a topic on here before too. Like what was a thing that you used to, to fight burnout before? Or was that, you know, never a problem for you? I don't think I realized it was a problem for me, but I noticed when I was burnt out, I would hit plateaus like Ooh. with my playing. So like I would, you know, I'd be able to play up to a certain skill level and then, you know, just not really play anything else. And then I'd be repetitively playing stuff that I had learned when I first started playing, you know, like, you know, I've been playing at that point, like maybe 10 years. And it's like, why are you still playing ACDC back in black? Like it's Uh, not doing anything for my playing, you know, it's true. I mean, that, 
actually is honestly a very good point. Uh, I I believe I've bought, brought it up on other like solo episodes. Was like the feeling of plateauing is it's, it's like it's almost helpless. But I think you've actually like just explained the basic of it all. Is like you you almost just have to go just learn something new, regardless yeah. of what like almost irregardless, regardless of what it is. Irregardless isn't a word. I don't think. Anyways, regardless of what it is, it like doesn't matter. You can just learn something new because you can't just sit there and play ACDC back in black for the yeah. four thousandth time, and it's not gonna help. It's not gonna help you at all. You yeah, know? and I think another thing that helped me not get burnt out so much was like changing genres and and skipping around and, and learning different, you know, jazz or country or, or blues or whatever. And before I was just strictly playing metal. That was it. Yep. And I was one of those young, dumb kids that was like, oh, if it's not metal, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. You know, it's garbage. Uh, yeah. I'm very guilty of that. And it's, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough cross to bear. And I feel like some of us that had that mindset growing up actually turn into some of the most well-rounded musicians. Because, like, what it is is, like, when we... Our guitarists that enjoy metal, I think what it is, at least for me, was like, these people are the most skilled musicians out there. They're the most technical. They can play the most notes, most beats per minute. They're going crazy. They're playing scales and arpeggios and tapping and go and like the best. Yeah. Until you try to emulate bluegrass and you're like, oh, this is hard. You know, you mean there's no distortion to cover anything up? Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you're gonna say it because I almost didn't want to. I, I was always just like trying to be fancy about it, like there's not enough compression on this clean channel. You know, like instead of just trying to be like, I need distortion to cover my mistakes. Thank you. Not yeah. to say I'm making mistakes, but a hundred percent. Like once you start going genre to genre to genre, you start to build the appreciation for it as a musician because that was what you you built it all over. Like this is the best because they play the instrument the best, and they're like. This is actually tough. All the way down to playing blues when you're like, oh, this isn't actually that many notes. You have to play with emotion instead. And you're like, that's not even, you know, and then you have to like learn how to do that and how to yeah. bend a note. And you're like, bending a note. Like, yeah. What? I mean, Jeremy, when I took lessons from Jeremy for, uh, I think it might have been a year, uh, we were, he was, we were learning a, a Black Dahlia murder song and it was in like C standard tuning or something like that. And I went into the practice room at Remans, and, you know, we had this little combo amp in there that we both plugged into. And uh, we're, like, playing the CD and trying to learn it by ear and then, you know, figuring out the parts because there's two harmonized guitar parts. And we were playing on clean. Mm -hmm. And I was so uncomfortable playing on clean <laughs> in front of anybody because I was like, you know, you crank up the distortion and play fast you don't really have to hit all the notes. Yeah, you don't have to hit... I mean, you have to hit the notes, but you, you don't have to hit them as cleanly, as yeah. precisely. I mean, if you hit the first note and the last note, and they're the right notes, then no one's really going to notice. Yeah, it know? sounds pretty impressive when you're playing fast. That's yeah. what it is. To the untrained ear, especially if you're like sweet picking or something. Yeah. You know, to the untrained ear, they're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah, this person's the best. Ah. But really, it's like, <laughs> no, I botched that whole thing, and I could have just, you know palm muted the thing and raked my pick across the strings and you would have heard the same thing <laughs> that's very true though the clean channel it's it's unforgiving there's so unforgiving. there's nowhere to hide i think that's the difficulty with the acoustic though too oh absolutely it's a big adjustment to go back to the acoustic and be like even if you're playing like blues types of drive on an electric which isn't a ton 
and then you go to an acoustic you're like man this there's there's nothing on this yeah like if there if there wasn't anywhere to hide on a clean guitar like an electric guitar there's less than nowhere to hide on an acoustic Absolutely. it's so unforgiving so i I, I knew back in the day you played a lot of metal and how did you transition? Like what was the first things that you were just like, all right, I'm, I'm going this direction. Like, cause I'm, I'm assuming like for me, it was like joining a band that played more blues and it's like, okay, I'll go play some more blues, you know? And then you yeah. start to do that. And then you're like, I'll play a country band. It's like, I'll try and add a couple country licks into the arsenal and see what we can do here, you know? And you kind of just go down the line. That's what like my progression was. Did you join a new band or did you, were you just like, I'm just going to try and play this and see what happens. I, th- I think the first thing that happened was I, I really started listening to Mastodon and like breaking down all their stuff. And uh, I think it's a, a track off of their Leviathan album where their guitar player Brent Hines just throws in a random banjo lick. And it's like on guitar, but it's it's definitely like a, a hammer claw type banjo lick. And I was like, man, that sounds really cool. <laughs> like, I, w- I want to emulate that. So I... I kind of started picking up that type of style like more chicken picking and and like hybrid picking Mm -hmm. um and then i i moved back to des moines and uh got a job at a uh music store that shall remain nameless all right (laughs) and uh uh, i love it yeah i was there was this one guy that that used to come in all the time and he would constantly buy gear trade gear return gear, buy new gear. And, uh, he, I don't remember if it was like a slow period, there was no customers and I was just like jamming out by myself. But, um, he had a band with a couple of the guys that also worked at guitar center. Okay. And I didn't really know anybody that well there either. Um, I was stuck in accessories far away from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, his name is Jason Bordeaux and he had a band called Bordeaux. Okay. And it was like, a like a, southern rock like almost like a southern metal kind of kind of vibe um and he asked me to join the band as a lead guitar player because he just wanted to sing instead of singing and playing guitar and i was like "Mm, man i don't really have an excuse not to sure Mm -hmm. um and uh then i started to listen to more like southern rock stuff like uh a little bit i mean i listened to leonard skinner as a kid but i never really sat down and learned anything and then like uh, the Almond Brothers was like super huge for me. Yeah. I mean, like listening to Dwayne Almond and Dickie Betts was just like, man, I'd love to, you know, play like that. Even half as good. I that's that's I think that's the wonderful thing about Almond Brothers. And I mean, like a lot of those Southern rock bands, it's, it's like you can, but you can't really emulate this with just one guitar. Unfortunately, yeah, you really can't. And that's special stuff going on there. But yeah. yeah. And then from there, uh, there was a, another guy that worked there. And uh, he knew that we, that band really wasn't doing anything. I think we opened for uh, this this rapper, uh, Jelly Roll. Okay. At, at Seven Flags Event Center. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, the show went fine, but everyone was standing outside smoking while we were playing. Yeah. And they were there to see Jelly Roll. Yeah. And he was originally supposed to be at Woolies, but for some reason they they moved him to Seven Flags because they thought they were going to sell more tickets. And he wasn't as big as he is now yeah he we were talking to him and he was like i know my audience that i can't sell these tickets i mean there were maybe like 250 people there and oh wow they they even like closed off half of the venue to make it look like it was more full and, and mm-hmm. there was nobody there but 
I always um, love that. The nice little venue tricks like that. They're fun yeah. when you go to the shows oh, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this other cat, uh, Matt James, hit me up and he's like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna join my band?" And I was like, "Sure." Uh, and I didn't really have any other questions besides that. And uh, he was like, "Cool. I, I wrote. I have some songs written. Uh, I want to get like a full band going. I've got this pedal steel player." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wait, pedal steel." <laughs> I was like, what, what are we playing? He's like, well, it's like country, but like Americana, but you know, he's like, like the band or, or Almond Brothers. And I was like, oh, I could get down with Almond Brothers. Yep. So, uh, yeah, then I started, that's when I really started to like change all of the gear that I was using and, and get rid of the triple half stacks and, <laughs> and narrow it down to like a 15 watt. I think I bought like a blue, a Fender Blues Deluxe and, piece together a, a telly from uh i think it was like guitarfetish.com they sell bodies that are finished that are real cheap and mm-hmm. uh yeah i i started basically copying everything that matt did on the guitar he's just a phenomenal guitar player like the little nuances that he adds in and and the chord changes are really interesting and and the melodies that he comes up with vocally and he's probably one of the greatest storytelling songwriters that i've I've ever listened to. Um, but yeah, we, that band got together quick. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, man, I, I want to say it was like maybe two, two weeks or two months or something like that. After all of us had gotten together, you know, we had a practice space, uh, at the Merle Hay towers, like above the mall. Mm-hmm. We could only practice from 5 PM until like 7 AM or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, we threw a pizza party and we called it the secret pizza party and we recorded the five or six songs that Matt had live on the spot in one take. Nice. And that was like our demo for the longest time. And, and I learned so much about doing stuff like DIY from Matt. Like we came up with like a stamp and we put the CDs in sandwich bags so that we didn't have to buy like the expensive slip cases mm-hmm. and then hand wrote live at the loft on there. And we'd throw in like a random baseball card from the eighties just to <laughs> spice things up. That's awesome. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we shortly after that, we, we went on tour and did a couple of dates. Uh, we started at like the octopus in uh, Cedar falls i believe that's right yeah i I think so and then we were supposed to play a bluegrass festival in in somewhere in indiana but that got canceled so we ended up in detroit michigan for an extra three days oh cool uh, which is where he was originally from and then up to or back to chicago at the live wire lounge uh with this band called the blind staggers they're just an amazing band uh and then back through to iowa i think we played it uh DG's Tap House, maybe? In, okay. In Ames or something like yeah, that? sounds right. Uh, and then then we really hit it hard and started to record the the full length that we eventually put out on Some Pup Records. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's it, awesome. It was called uh, Impromptu Musicals for the Skeptic. And mm. Matt had this awesome idea of all of this uh, audio clips of things in between the songs and if you play it front to back it's just one seamless one seamless playthrough oh cool yeah that's awesome i love that 
Sump Pump is uh, that record company. I think they're still going in Des Moines. In Des Moines, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Dan Hutchinson is is the one that uh, runs that, and uh, I think he's in Fetal Pig. That sounds right. Because I know like a lot of those like that like I don't want to say like heavy, like super fast metal type stuff. There's a lot of those types of bands that have been in one form or another over the years popped through uh, Sump Pump Records. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it leans a little bit more that genre, but they also like branch out quite a bit into different areas. If anything's unique, usually he's kind of interested in what's going on. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely got his finger on the pulse of like the Des Moines scene for sure. Mm -hmm. Of like, I mean, he, I think for a while he was putting out mixtapes with like, you know, singles from a bunch of the bands in the area, uh, that were really awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure he's got some copies laying around that you could probably pick up cool that's awesome stuff i love that kind of stuff i wish I, if i had more time i'd be doing stuff like that in some capacity or another yeah but i just unfortunately don't have the time or the energy to do it um or the know-how unfortunately too i'd hate to just like stumble through something like that and try <laughs> and figure it out how much money would you waste trying to yeah. figure out a oh, record man. company or even just like a promotional Jeez. end of it it would just be like Bleh. yeah it's, it'd be so rough but that's crazy i mean like you going from one genre to the next to the next from one band kind of the next going out on like a mini tour coming back you know it seems like at the beginning of this podcast you were kind of talking about like you like going out and doing things and kind of like being outside of your comfort zone and and trying new stuff and this is like kind of just confirming all of that it seems like you know it's just it, it doesn't matter like whether or not you're gonna go try a different style of music or just play with some new people or or go out on a small tour or record a a, a mini demo in in hopes of like seeing what may or may not happen out of it all uh, going to play a festival in Indiana, even though it doesn't work out, but still like those kind of things. It's like, I would always just be like, eh, I gotta think about this for a little bit. You know, like I wouldn't just be like, all right, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, like, yeah. was, is this stuff that you just consciously are like, ah, this, uh, yeah. What, you know, why not? Why not? Or is it stuff that you're kind of just, you're thinking to yourself, like, I do need to get out of my comfort zone. Let's go try this instead. Part of it's definitely like, I, I need to get out of my comfort zone. Uh, if you stay comfortable, that's when stuff gets stale and then you kind of get lazy and, and kind of quit doing things. But, uh, honestly me doing a lot of that stuff was because I was fortunate enough to have other people in the band that were, I don't, I don't know if more driven is the word, but had more of a know-how of how to do things. So I never had to really worry about booking shows ever. It was just like, Hey, you guys have this date open? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to play the show here. And then next week we're going to play over here. Cool. See you there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> When's loaded? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I do but, love that. But, yeah. That's that's definitely one of the things that I struggle with is, you know, having extremely high anxiety is like reaching out to people to play at, at places or like even asking people like, oh, hey, do you know anybody in, you know, for example, Milwaukee? Like, you know, whoa. that that's one of the more difficult things for me is like the business aspect of it, you know booking shows in and of itself is something and i'm just a thousand times over glad i don't have to deal with um uh, i would say of all the shows i've played uh 99 out of 100 shows i didn't book like maybe even more than that like it's i, I don't enjoy doing it it's tough uh once you get into the rhythm and you do it it's just like everything else it gets easier and stuff like that you start to book yeah. with somebody you can book with them again it's not it's not always building a relationship from the ground up every single time right but i always feel it's weird where it's just like 
I'm, I'm so guilty of just underselling myself and everything I do. It's just like, I don't know, yeah, whatever, 20 bucks. Yeah, sure, sounds good. You know, it's like really like a $50 job to anybody that would do it if they wanted to get paid for it. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't care. You know, and like whatever it happens to be. So like booking a show, I'd just be like, yeah, pay me like 100 or something. I don't care. And that, you know, even if you're bad, someone's going to pay you $100. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, it's one of those things where I always just trying to find out where to draw the lines when interacting with people like that you don't want to shoot a too high a number they're just going to say no you know and if you shoot them too low a number they might be like that's the, the highest i'll ever pay you now so you got to come somewhere in the nice range and i uh, you know what happens if there's a problem you know it's like now i gotta go back to this person and tell them there's a problem and explain it to them it's gonna be so difficult you know like yeah whether or not you're gonna be a full band and one of the members can't come or you've double booked accidentally or Somebody, you know, you had something come up and now you can't make it to the show. And now you got to tell them like, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, like that's all of those interactions are just like, I don't want to have these interactions yeah. with people. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough. I, I haven't had a situation where I've ever had to cancel a show, Nice, but I can imagine that that would just be super bummer. Yeah. I mean, I've been in situations where like that has been the case and most of the time places are nice about it, but like sometimes places aren't as nice about it and you know, it's, that's a rough one. It's thankfully I haven't, I'm not the one that's like spearheading all these conversations. It's yeah. more like, you know, somebody comes back to the huddle, says, this is, the, this is what somebody said. And we all say, do this. And then he goes back and he does it, you know? So like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm not the mediator or anything, but you know, it's, it's tough when you run into those situations and I'm super glad I'm not the person that has to have their name <laughs> like on the front of the band to have to do any of that stuff. So hats off to anybody out there doing those hard works, but you're you're doing all this recording and and studio work and things like that and and you do have plans or thoughts or things like that to to kind of play some shows out and about so what what is like the next step like what is going to be the bridge to go from the the studio recording stuff which we're coming back to talk about that by the way sure. to like uh to booking the shows and doing this stuff cuz i think you had mentioned like your your general plan would be to like kind of maybe take some time off in the spring and go from California to Iowa and back or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that hopefully that's the plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of it is just me needing to get it together and, and do the work and make it happen. But, um, now like with COVID, you know, things are getting more comfortable around the country, you know, driving from California to Iowa, you can, I mean, I did it in the middle of the pandemic not even in the middle, it was like shortly after the whole thing went. And I, I got on an airplane and flew and then drove the car that I bought back to California and it was a ghost town everywhere. I mean, stopping at a gas station, there might be like one car in the parking lot and it's like a Love's gas station <clears throat> that would normally be packed with semis and cars. Oh man. <laughs> and it, it was bizarre, man. It, I mean, it was like Nebraska at a Love's gas station and you're like, where is everybody? Was there like an apocalypse and nobody told me? But then, uh, you know, this time around coming through, it was like, okay, more people are out. And then going out to the shows to see Clint. Uh, the following night, I went to Bootleggers to see Ober play. Uh, Trevino showed up and played a couple songs. Nice. He, yeah, he showed up late and, and then played the rest of the set. But um, seeing like how many people are coming out, and, and enjoying live music now because they couldn't for so long, you know? And, yeah. And it was one of those things that where I feel like 
before the pandemic, you, you had to fight tooth and nail to get like your friends and family to come out to the shows. And now it's like, Hey, are you playing? Do you know somebody that is playing? Like, yeah. where are they playing? How long are they playing? Mm-hmm. You know, do they have drinks? Do they have food? So it's it's, I I kind of feel like it's time to hurry up and get it done while people are still interested in in going out and you know being entertained again. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like I, I played shows prior to the pandemic and after the pandemic and I, most of my shows I'd played, was like after the pandemic, believe it or not. Um, but it's, it's different now. There's a lot of people going to shows. A lot of people you wouldn't normally think would go to shows or go oh, yeah. to shows. Even if they're just going to like a handful a year, they're still going to shows, you know, which yeah, is absolutely, it's cool to see. It's cool to see people out there doing that kind of stuff. Um, you were talking about how you like you just kind of need to, to to get this stuff going and do it, and uh, that that kind of leads me back into the studio work. So you you have been in the studio, and uh, you have your own studio. Uh, we talked about it on the last episode, I believe we talked about how, recording stuff at home and things like that. Yeah. Um, but you had mentioned to me that you know you released. Uh, well, let's let's bring it up here. So you released uh, the last episode we were together was December 31st, 2020. You released an album, not terribly long uh, before that, I believe it was. And then you've recorded some stuff since then. And you've had some life changes, married, kid, you moved, et cetera, et cetera. And things. And now you're coming back and you're finally getting everything set back up and, and getting ready to do this stuff. But you're talking about possibly scrapping a bunch of the work that you've done and... Yeah, and starting over in some capacity. So, um, that is a thing that some artists and or musicians do. I mean, it's not everybody's seen an artist have like a crazy awesome drawing, and they don't like the way the hand looks on it or something, and they just crumble yeah. the whole thing and throw it away. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, that's kind of the equivalent of musicians doing the same concept. And uh, the best part about musicians is we can store it and save it for later, maybe pull the best parts out, whatever. But is it, what is your plan with this? Is it literally to just delete it all and just start from scratch? Or are you going to take skeletons of bits and maybe try to redo them? So the deleting has already happened. Ah! It's gone forever. <laughs> it's, it's gone for like gone forever. It's gone. You didn't save any of it. Nope, not a, what? Not a lick. Why? Uh, not to be like, what are you doing? But like external hard drives, man. Yeah. Uh, and the sad thing is I have two brand new external hard drives that I haven't opened yet. <laughs> Crushing my soul uh, here. But no, I, I just am... The way that I look at it is if I'm not excited about a song that I wrote, even if it's just like a little part of it, leave it be. Move on. Uh, if I'm not excited about it now, I'm not going to be happy with it later. Um, and I, I, that's not to say that you know I'll work on something for five minutes and just toss it, but... You know, I, I sat with those 15 to 18 songs, you know, rough tracks of acoustic and vocals and notebook full of lyrics. And and I listened back and honestly thought, would I be proud to show my friends this? Like, And then when the answer was no, no way in hell is anyone <laughs> going to hear this, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to delete it because if I don't delete it, I'm going to get lazy and pull one of these songs that shouldn't be released and it's going to become filler on an album. And sometimes filler is good, you know, when you need an extra couple of minutes on an album to fill it out. But I, I came from a place of like albums, 
Mm-hmm. Like you don't write a song, you write an album from front to start. And it's, it, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a concept album, like a Pink Floyd thing or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, um, with the, the mindset of there's a reason I put these songs in the order that I put them, they should be listened from front to back, you know, ideally in one setting on a, on a decent speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just was like, nope, I'm, I'm not even going to let it sit on my hard drive. It's gone. Yeah. It's, it's weird to think. I, I mean, I get the concept of like, if I save this, I might actually, you know, use it for evil, you know, or whatever I might, yeah. I, I'm just going to toss, <laughs> I'm just going to toss it into something and, and yeah. just fill up some space and whatever, you know, like I get, I get the concept of that. And I also like the albums and I'm not, we're not talking full on concept albums, but like, you know, back in the day, it used to feel like I could, you know, you could put an album in start to finish and it felt pretty good. Most of them did, you know, the classic, yeah. you know, all the classic albums, it's, they f- that's what they feel like, you know? Yeah. You can pull a song out and it sounds good by itself, you know, but, uh, those songs all seem to flow from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's hard to get that flow if you're just going to slap a filler song in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the only argument I could say would be like, you could slap the filler song in there and redo it a little bit to make it fit the what you need but you're still yeah you know and i from from ep to to album or whatever i've put out so far it's they're stylistically different just enough to be not cohesive Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know those 15 songs that i threw in the garbage were like not necessarily the direction that i wanted to go anymore or felt that it was like man this just doesn't fit like there's something off about it, mm-hmm. so it had to be done. So here's another like concept I want to push past you. So at one point in time, the thought process for what you were doing with that album fit something because you made it right. Yeah, I mean like maybe it was like a year ago. This I would have been happier with this than I am now. I've you know you've just changed as a person. Like what makes you think that? Uh, and I'm just throwing this out there. Like, do you think there's a lot of music that doesn't get put out just because somebody didn't put it out fast enough? Like, it's like, you know, a year ago, had I put this out, I would, I would have been happier with it than I would have been now. But, you know, like, but I didn't because it wasn't quite done yet. And now by the time it's finished, it's I wouldn't, I don't want to put it out anymore. You know, that's pretty much the gist of what you're, what you're saying with the album. So like, had yeah. you, had you like hurried up and finished it, it might not have been perfectly polished, but at least it would have been out there. Do you, how much music do you think, like, not just necessarily you, but do you think that's a thing that happens to people where they're just kind of like, had they, had they finished it in time? At that time span in their life, they would have been like, I'm okay with releasing this. You know what? I th- I think there are people that have finished stuff. Like like Prince, for example. Mm-hmm. He's got a vault full of unreleased albums that no one will probably ever hear. Mm-hmm. Because he finished it and thought, no one needs to hear this. And then wrote an entirely new album and sold millions. Also blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't want to just like just get profane about it, but like, what a dick! What a dick! There are probably hundreds of songs in that of vault. just cr- like crusher songs, you know, and, just and collaborations with people that he worked with. But how cool would it be if that was your only job and you had enough money where you didn't ever have to do anything? And and I mean, I'm like, I'm just throwing it out there, like. 
you made one album, it's good enough. You, you make enough money where it's like, I don't have to scrounge for my next meal. I can invite people over. We can hang out. Nobody's going to have to want for anything. And now I've got a building. And this building has like places to sleep and eat and do whatever and shower. And But it's also, ha- it's also built into a giant studio, which is the main place where we all hang out. We all add stuff. And that's all we do all day long. And whoever comes in at whatever time, like how freaking sweet would that be? That would be incredible. It would be tough not to make music all day long. Though, yeah. Right. You know, so... I don't. I think about like that. He had the advantage, but he also had the vision to to build something like that. And now everyone kind of has that. I mean, to True. an extent, I have it. I got a laptop and an interface. I got the same thing he has, basically. Yeah. yeah. Why don't Why don't we just all do that? I guess I don't know. But you're do You're doing it. I'm not. I guess. But like, <laughs> you're making music. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's wild to think that. I mean. You basically just compared yourself to Prince, but like you know, you're you're pulling a, you're pulling a Prince. You're pretty much just being like, "This isn't good enough." I'm throwing it away, which just like crushes my soul. Being somebody that's never completed one song start to finish, you know, I don't even get halfway through a song and I'm like, "This is garbage." To be fair, I deleted mine, which is wild. Like you just <laughs> completely deleted it. I don't. It just blows my mind. I don't know. I would want to save it. Uh, you're you're a brave person to do so, but replacement material. What have you done to replace this? Have you have you started the next? step of the way are, are do you have another album already written a couple songs worth so i've, I've got a couple songs worth um i need uh lyrics which is always the last thing for me because i'm so terrible about sitting down and writing lyrics um and then uh for it's gonna be a full-length album i'm gonna rework some of the previous songs that i've put out that i feel like will uh you know be a cohesive piece of work uh and and continue that style so that it's a you know one finished entire album because uh, most of the stuff i've put out is pretty short um probably because i have a pretty short attention span <laughs> one of the reasons i stopped playing metal is when the song started to get eight minutes long but the bpm is 220 yeah yeah i don't have the time span to learn you know the sixth bridge of the fourth solo you know like yeah. it's like i'm, I, d- I'm done i'm out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna rework uh, about five to eight songs that I've already recorded and released previously, um, and then put another four or five, maybe six on top of that. Um, I severely upgraded a lot of my equipment too, so the sound quality is just so much different that it. I mean, it's almost the difference of recording on a little Walkman versus you know using decent microphones i i'll tell you what that's i've had the argument with people and i've tried to talk to them like i can barely tell the difference between microphones and this is like i can tell there's like three tiers there's like this god tier of microphone that costs like thousands and then there's like anything from like 80 to like 300 bucks my ears can't tell the difference between i don't know why but then like anything below that is like your 20 dollars microphones like those are the three tiers and those are the only ones my ears can hear the difference between i i used to think that way that that i i wouldn't be able to hear the difference but um for example like the for the longest time the vocal mic that i used was like an audio technica at 2020 which is like a a very affordable microphone it's about 100 bucks Mm -hmm. um and it does great i still use it for like if i mic up my guitar cabs you know it's it's a great condenser mic um but i then bought a, a sure sm7b and then you have to use the cloud lifter for the decibel boost yep and 
just re-recording a quick demo of a song I already recorded and then playing them side by side, it was like night and day. Oh, wow. And it, I, I, I don't really do any sort of mixing and mastering too much. I like to set things up to sound the way that I want it to sound while I'm recording so that I don't have to do makes, a whole lot of that. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, because then by the time you get done and you have to mix and master... You're so sick of hearing those songs and parts over and over and over again that you're like, if if I can hurry this up and make it more efficient, then this is gonna save me time later. Yeah, exactly. And then the other battle is like, okay, now I'm I'll, I'll I'm gonna send these out and have it mixed and then send it to somebody else and have it mastered because mm-hmm. I think it'll just elevate what I'm able to do in the tiny space and small amount of equipment that i have yeah and, and fresh ears are always good yeah yeah definitely i mean we're talking about like different microphones uh i mean like i've, I've said it before on the podcast like this is i started with like some really cheap stuff because i just you know this is like a diy project to, like start from scratch like i just have like 20 dollar microphones we're talking into right now and it sounds good if you're just talking you don't need anything insane oh yeah but i have like hooked up different microphones to this same setup like uh I put some 57s and 58s on here just for fun, just to try them out. And yeah, there's there's a difference. It's not like huge, but it's right. you can definitely tell. And then that, I guess it stands to logic if you went, you know, the next price tier up, it's just going to be that much more of a difference. And you just keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. I'm sure you'd be able to hear. Plus, I'm sure some are better for voice and some are better for, you know, different things depending yeah. on what you want to do. I mean, I'd I'd always love to have a, a Neumann microphone, you know, for vocals or, or ribbon mics, but those are so expensive yeah. <laughs> that it's, like, hard to justify. Like, if I'm only putting out an album, like, you know, once every year or two, like, <laughs> does it really justify a $5,000 microphone? <laughs> yeah, that if you drop it, uh Game over. And I don't... I don't think I own any piece of equipment that would come even close to that microphone. So it's like, you know, if, if it was a guitar, I could maybe justify it a little bit more where you're playing it constantly. But as somebody who doesn't, like, I don't, I don't use my own microphones to go out and play live. So, you know, it's even harder. And I'm sure, you know, you wouldn't take a Neumann out to, <laughs> to shiny top or whatever <laughs> how awesome would that be <laughs> that's so hilarious yeah you're just asking to get robbed oh my gosh or just just unfortunate breaking or something like that somebody spills a beer bumps into the mic stand oof yeah oof rough no bueno no sir oh man so you have released music since the last time you were on the podcast though. This isn't just coming out to be like, he was on the podcast like a year and a half ago and hasn't done anything since. No, this is, you have released music. You released a single, uh, earlier last year. Uh, the date I have is like May 18th, 2021. What, do yeah. you remember what that was called? Yeah. It's called, uh, wouldn't you know? Nice. Nice. So this next release that you have that you're planning will be the first thing since that single. Are you going to do yeah. single album or are you going to do like single, single, just, all the way through or oh man have you thought anything about like that because that's something that i feel like almost every band or musician is starting to do a little bit different because i feel like that's one where there's there's not really any rules anymore with a lot of that stuff yeah you know i've i've looked at other bands that i like you know look up to or 
or listen to frequently. And I've kind of looked at, you know, what the most popular thing is. And it's usually either the whole album comes out or they'll release a single one month and then release a second single the next month. And then the third month, the full album comes out. Mm -hmm. But I'm one of those impatient people that when I've got it done, I just want to release the whole thing and, you know, <laughs> wipe my hands clean of it and be like, yeah, hey, it's out there. It's you out know? there. Go check it out. Go get it. Yep. I mean, so. there is the argument for that, that like, yeah, the people that will want to find it will find it. But like, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's got a degree in marketing that's like, that's not the way you, you got to do the slow roll thing once a month thing or whatever, you know, like do it that way. That's the best way to do it. Get, you know, gain some attention before you finally slam it out there. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I guess, but it's a lot. It's, it's also a lot of work. You know, you yeah. release a single. Do you want to put a music video with like, what do you want to do with this? You know? I, I think, and I haven't, you know, officially decided yet, but I'll probably put out like one single, um, of a new song that I haven't released yet. I might do like a, a live video Ooh, of, cool. uh, like a playthrough or something somewhere mm -hmm. cool. Um, and then release that. And then a month later, do the, do the full length just to garner some attention and, and get people thinking about it. And then hopefully they end up picking up the full album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know I I put that one single out, so I feel like you can't put the same single out. That's just bad form. Mm -hmm. um, I've also toyed with the idea of taking the previous albums down. For what reason? Uh, you know, if if I'm gonna put five to eight tracks of the previous albums on there, okay, um, it it feels kind of weird to have these almost like demo quality recordings out there mm -hmm. uh and there's there's some songs that uh, probably one in particular that i i wrote when i was feeling particularly angry mm -hmm. and uh I, th I think it's the only explicit song that i have where i drop an f-bomb but uh i don't feel that same way anymore so mm -hmm. it feels kind of weird to even just to hear it on accident you know like if i have my spotify playlist on and and it the algorithm links up and it comes through. It's like, man, that just does not sound like me at all. But I mean, some of my friends have told me that that's their favorite song. So it's, it's something I'm, you know, considering, but haven't made a, an official decision on yet. But yeah, I mean, that comes back to like kudos to like musicians. Cause musicians that like you that are out there releasing music, uh, it's no different than like an artist, like releasing art and, a lot of a lot of the musicians are like putting their heart out on their sleeve, you know, and it's like yeah. like you said, this my heart is on my sleeve, and this is a a capture of what it feels like at this at this given time, not necessarily like permanently, but yeah. people could identify with that forever, even if you don't. Yeah, and then you're at this like weird crux of do I keep this out there for everyone to enjoy still, or do I get rid of it because I no longer identify with it, you know? And yeah, that's that's a tough one, you know. Um, I mean. <laughs> it is your music. You can do whatever you want with it, you know? But, yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's a situation where you take it down and then you put it on your band camp and you're like, if you want it, it's there, you can buy it. But like, I'm, it's not streamable anymore. I, that's, that's actually a really good idea. That's, I mean, that's probably the route to go. I mean, I've recommended a lot of people that have done demos and things like that. Like once you have something good, just go through all the demos on Bandcamp with the good thing. And then they'll be able to see where, like where you came from to get to that good thing now, you know? Yeah. That's a great point. You know, that's, yeah. And it still gives, you know, your super fans the ability to go out and buy something, you know, and 
you know, I, I enjoy that too, where you can put like a whole album or an EP on there and just be like, eh, it's, an, it's a whole album, five bucks. And they're like, five bucks? And you're like, yeah, or, or more, whatever. You know, they can give you seven if they want to, or yeah. $6.22 or just like get really <laughs> weird with it. But I, I feel like that's uh, another good avenue to go with that kind of stuff. And it's, it just comes right back to like, I'm, just, I'm still just like heartbroken that you deleted uh, a bunch of music. <laughs> I mean, there's probably gold in them there hills, man. What are you doing? <laughs> I will say it was less than 30 minutes. Okay. So I don't feel super bad about it. Man. So, so when you sit down with time to write music, is it easy, is it easy to write 30 minutes worth of music or does it take you like weeks to do that? Or does it take you days or some days it's like, well, I had four hour time block here and I, I got two songs down and there's, there's six, seven, eight minutes easy, you know? Yeah. Honestly, it's really hit and miss for me. Like some days I'll sit down and I'll, I'll hammer out like maybe six songs and I might not use them all. Um, but some days I'll sit down and I won't get anything or if I do write something, it might sound too similar to, to something that I recognize from somebody else's song. And I go, no, I'm not, I've got to put it down and come back to it later. Uh, and sort of do like a, a mind cleanse mm -hmm. and listen to a podcast or something. But, um, yeah, most, most of the time it, it takes me quite a while to, to sit down and work through a song. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of like, I might come up with like, you know, a verse or a chorus part on the guitar and then I'll record it on my voice recorder phone app or whatever. And then I'll take off to work. And then on my lunch break, I'll, I'll sit with my headphones and listen to it and like r maybe write some lyrics down in my phone. And then when I get back home from work, I'll get my guitar out and go, okay, this is the first verse. I kind of have some words for the chorus. Maybe I can, you know, figure out where to go from there chord wise and, and, and melody wise. And uh, nine times out of 10, that's usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. It's a long, long dragged out battle. <laughs> it's, I mean, like kudos to you for having the ability to like, I guess, chisel out this thing that works for you to be like, I'm going to do a little melody here and then I'll listen to it later and I'll put some lyrics here and then I go back over here and I sit down and listen to both of these with a the guitar and I add some more lyrics and this part can kind of go in here. I mean, it's wild to think that it's like that. It's like an all day process almost, you know, like, you, it, yeah. but it's not like you're working all day at this. You're taking like a little chunk of the day here and a little chunk of the day there and it comes back to, you know, you're a dad. You're busy all the time, you yeah. know? You yeah. don't have all day to do stuff, you know? In between the bites of sandwich, I'm listening to this, you know? And Yeah. That's, that's, it's crazy to, you know, I just, now you're just making me feel lazy because I'm just like, I'm too busy to write music. I just don't have time to do it, you know? And it's like, you've got plenty of time if, if somebody with a, a kid has time, I feel like, you know, because like we said, all your time's taken up. So, I is this something you've always done while you've been writing music or is this like a, a pattern or like a thing that you've kind of figured out like to get these little bits of shells of partials of songs and then kind of sit down and finally like, all right, let's hash all this out and kind of see what is like these two are can merge together into one song, but this one doesn't fit here. So these are still two separate, you know, you write two separate songs from like, how, how long did it take you to figure out this was a pattern that worked for you? Uh, oh man. I, when I started and I was writing songs, uh, you know, like metal songs, a lot of that stuff was like sit down in one session. Um, and I, I co-wrote a lot of that stuff. So I had somebody to bounce ideas off of. So it, it just goes faster. Um, but when I'm sitting down by myself, I don't have the attention span to sit there for, you know, 
I mean, four hours is like a max. Yeah. And and there's a lot of fiddling around and putzing around in between that. But um, it it was just sort of one of those things where like, oh, it, maybe I sat down for four hours and only got like, you know, one verse part done. But I'll record it and then go listen to it. And I think it's just sort of like using different methods of writing to finish a whole piece. Because mm-hmm. if I just sit there with my guitar, you know, I'm I'm probably going to get a verse done and then I'll start playing a cover song or something <laughs> and get distracted. Or That's true. You know. But if I break it up and I'm like, okay, I've got this part. A, a lot of it is like I have to get a part done and then get the guitar out of my hands to write the the melody and the vocal lines because otherwise I'll just sit there and screw around on the guitar. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's taken about 10 years to figure out how to distract myself into getting work done. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Distract yourself to, to, to do the work, not to distract yourself from doing the work. Yeah. Or like, or like since my daughter's been born, you know, like for about the first year, you know, we'd rock her to sleep a couple times, you know, two naps a day or whatever. And then at night and a lot of the lullabies that I would sing her were songs that I was working on, like mm-hmm. working my way through. And my wife would be like, what are you singing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Like, Why don't you sing a normal lullaby? I don't know any. <laughs> and I've got to get writing done. <laughs> Maybe that could be your next thing. You're writing lullabies for children. You got a whole album of lullabies. Yeah. Anthony Green put out an album he's a, a songwriter that i really look up to and and he put out a, a basically a kid's album and it, he has like a song like uh, like a bedtime song and like a, a song about making a sandwich with a bunch of ridiculous ingredients and <laughs> he was just bored during the pandemic and was like i think it's called something like let's start a band or something like that that's awesome yeah oh music should be for everyone and that's that's kind of beautiful stuff i love that kind of stuff those oddball albums where it's like why would somebody write this album it's like because it's fun it's fun yeah my favorite is like looking at the liner notes of an album and seeing how many albums flee from the red hot chili peppers shows up on Mm -hmm. like not playing the bass yeah oh my gosh (laughs) there's a lot of weird stuff like that in uh in albums you can actually find flea is uh Flea and or Red Hot Chili Peppers. There was a long period in the 90s where like 311 was mentioned in a lot of people's liner notes for some reason. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but I don't, just goofy stuff like that where you're just like, huh. All right. But that's those, like we said, that's those people with, we got studio time for three months at this place. Everybody just swing by and say hi if you want to because we're recording stuff, yeah. you know, and they can come in and play a tambourine on a song and wham, liner yeah. notes, you know. You never know. So if you need any tambourine done on the new album, I'm looking for some liner notes. (laughs) I've, uh, I got most of the notes that I've written down. Um, it looks like we've gone through, was there anything that I didn't mention that you want to to mention? Not that I can think of. Uh, I think we pretty much touched on everything. All right. Uh, I might have a couple of surprises on the album. Ooh. Uh, there's some stuff being talked about. Talked uh, about. With a couple of people. People. But uh, we'll announce it when the time is cool. Time is right. That's awesome. That sounds really fun. So cryptic messages. Yes. But uh, keep a lookout. You've got the same social medias as last time, maybe? Yeah. Uh, um, it's at Bradley Allen Music on Instagram. Uh, I think it's just Brad Hansen on Facebook, but. 
I think I have a music page on there as well. I'm really bad at at doing the whole social media thing and keeping up up with it. Let's see what we get here. Uh, I have a Twitter. I don't really use it. Yeah, you are Bradley Allen. Uh, It is, uh, well, the links will be down below. It's Bradley Allen 09 on Facebook for the Facebook page. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, links are going to be down below. So make sure you check that out because that's where you're going to be announcing all your uh crypt you're gonna be decrypting your cryptic messages yeah there uh and i've still got some t-shirts for sale nice so just uh get in contact with me on one of those social media sites and we can i do the whole venmo thing and i'll ship it out wherever nice nice i'm in the u.s in the u.s yes continental u.s ladies and gents i'm gonna get a shirt after this podcast is over so uh yeah I, I just gotta say thanks again for sitting down talking with me. It's great to sit down and like actually meet you face to face. It's like so weird because you and I have a lot of a lot of people in our friend groups. It's very very overlapping. So yeah, it, it's it's almost insane how we haven't either run into each other or met before. even even in the Des Moines scene. Yeah, yeah. Like because you spent a lot of time down there when I was first going down there playing a lot of music and stuff. And I mean. Hell, even last night I was in Des Moines and you were in Des Moines. Yeah, and and I had no clue. And I ran into like four people from the from the Des Moines scene that I was like, man, I haven't seen you since you know I lived here. <laughs> and it was it was crazy. It was crazy. And and the friends I was hanging out with were like, how come we live in Des Moines and we walk into any bar? So far? I mean, we went to six different bars and I, I knew at least one person in every bar and they're like, this is ridiculous. That's like, hilarious. <laughs> they live there and don't know anybody. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh man. And here you are like, I'm an anxious person. I don't really hang out and talk to people, but you know, somebody everywhere you go. It's so <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, Brad, thanks for sitting down and talking with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, man. Yep. Always a pleasure. Another great episode. It's great to sit down and talk with Brad Hansen. I'll tell you what. Uh, it's just wild that our paths didn't cross um, ever really in the past that much. You know, other than doing the podcast, that's pretty much it. But we have so many, there's so many people and peers and bands and things like that in our past that are in common. Uh, you know, I was in the Des Moines scene. He was in the Des Moines scene. I was in the North Central Iowa scene. He was up here. Uh, you know, then and then it kind of, you know changes from there but still it's just wild to think that we've never really ran into each other before but uh yes i'm excited for new music from him i've been listening to a couple of his songs here recently and it's just been really kind of you know got me itching for more got me itching for more of that so i can't wait for more to come out it's gonna be great i talked about it just a tiny bit in the intro and we talked about it in the last episode but uh he goes by bradley allen there's links down below that's his uh name online so i i mean i probably should just title the episode bradley allen but uh i said you know it's just one of those things where uh whatever the links are down below it's easy to find with the links so just go click on the links you'll be able to find uh the music pretty much anywhere so that's where it's going to be at bradley allen i found it really easy on spotify bradley allen just spelled as such down below so check that out all the links for that are down below so you won't miss out make sure you go on there and you find the social medias and you click follow or you click like and uh, you make sure you stay in contact and so you don't miss out on the new music because you're not going to want to miss out on the new music uh it's it's great i dig it i really do dig it it's it's great music and uh 
you know, it's just fun to sit down and talk with him. It's, it's great to have a new friend, you know, uh, it's somebody that everyone, you know, there's so many people I know that are friends with him. So it's like, well, you know, hey, uh, it's like when I showed up at Shiny Tap, there's like a table full of literally like 10 people and he knew all of them. And it's just like, wow, cool. You know, like this guy knows everyone I know. And somehow we, ba- you know, we know each other, but we barely met each other. So that's what that's another one thing. The podcast is fun, you know, and it's. I, you know, another, there's might be people that are like, well, you try to interview Iowa musicians and, and Brad lives in California and whatever, but yeah, uh, I'll make an exception for Brad. You know, he's, he's really good buddies with a lot of my buddies and, you know, maybe that's nepotism, but it's, it's justified because Brad's a great person. He's just such a great person. And I had a blast sitting down talking with him. So uh, I just want to say thanks to Brad for taking time out of his day and uh, driving up to my little mini studio up here and uh, sitting down talking with me. Uh, before, during, and after the podcast. I had a blast. I had an absolute blast. So uh, safe travels on all his journeys because I know he's he's one of those people that likes to get out there and do stuff and travel around, and he's he's not shy of that. So it's it's just fun. It's refreshing you know, to know people are out there willing to get out of their comfort zone and do things like that because I'll tell you what, those are the people that can write books about their lives, and someone will be willing to read it. And that's, uh, that's Brad Hansen, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, Check out all the stuff online. Thank you, Brad. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the episode. If you're looking for more Audible Farm stuff, it's all at audiblefarm.com. And you can find a link there to the shop, shop.audiblefarm.com. And uh, that'll show you where you can find the hoodies and, and everything like that. It's the good stuff, the hoodies. It's getting cool out. It's time for hoodies. So might as well snag yourself a hoodie. So... Uh, they came back in stock. There's not going to be too many of them left in stock once they're kind of gone. I'm not sure I'll restock. I keep debating getting a different style or a different something coming in, but we'll see. There are hoodies for now, so check them out, uh, and I, hopefully I'll get more in stock when they sell out. And it won't take me two years like it did last time, but uh, yes. Otherwise, the Patreon channel, I mentioned it in the intro. It's a dollar per month, patreon.com slash audiblefarm. Video versions of the podcast are available there. If you want to give more than a dollar per month, you're definitely uh, you're able to, but it's it's only a dollar per month. You can watch all the video versions of the podcast, and uh, thank you to all the Patreon patrons out there watching the video versions. I really appreciate that. Otherwise, uh, find us on all social medias. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you find an episode you like and you think somebody will listen to it and they'll really enjoy it, or if it's a buddy of yours, or if you're if you're one of Brad's friends and you're like, hey, this was a great episode. I hope all my other buddies listen to it. Just send them a link to it. There's a share button wherever you're listening to this. Just boom, click it, share. Hey, check this out. Love it. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. And uh, I'll check you guys next week. Peace.